Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. It was a wonderful weekend. Boy, they had a lot of things going on in the streets of New York and uh, other major cities around the world. Uh, These demonstrations. Have you seen have you seen the news about these uh, different uh, I want to say riots. They, I mean, to me, they looked like riots. They had a mob in New York that was around Columbus Circle. Uh, they were ra- raising heck. They were breaking car windows. Then I guess they went down to Grand Central, and uh, they were trying to break in on their big, beautiful brass doors. Uh, yeah. they, the doors held. These doors, by the way, have got to be 110 years old, you know, however old the building is. And right. uh, the difference is today's doors would have folded like a cheap suit. Those doors that were made, you know, 110 years ago, uh, they, they held. Made, when they made doors, they made yes. doors. <laughs> they, they, they sure they did. Built, we used to build castles. Now we build, uh, you know, the, the big bad wolf doesn't even have to huff. He can just go, They went. It. They went down to the U.N. building, and uh, I guess they tore... Flags down, Israeli flags, and then they burned them, and U.S. flags, and they burned them. Uh, it was it was uh, an unruly mob, and they went into the New York Times building, into mm-hmm. the lobby of the New York Times, and uh, they smeared red paint on it. It was uh, not this pleasant. This is not going to end pretty. It, it's not, and you know we talked about it over the weekend. We had. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name from Salem? But anyway, yeah, we had uh, Dennis he, Prager. Yeah, Prager. That's it. Uh, yeah, he's the one that. Uh, but he put it, uh, you know, made it real simple. You know, you got two uh, two people that want to kill each other. That's it. They want each other eliminated. Yeah, there's no middle so, ground. There is no middle ground. So whose side do you take? Well, I take the side of the victim, and the victim here is Israel. It is not. Hamas or the Palestinians. As a matter of fact, you know, when you see what's going on and even Biden's turning, uh, you know, you've got Hamas that did an unprovoked, you know, uh, well, they'll say they were provoked, but mm-hmm. unprovoked attack. And they, well, it's an act of war. You know, Israel retaliates. Oh, well, it's you know, a war crime. It's a war crime. Yeah. It's like, where is, well, you well, know, there's a lot of things that all tie into this. Uh, things that I've seen in the news, and uh, you always hear about, you know, these right wing people, right wing, you know, they make na- they give yeah. us names, but, uh, and they vilify us because they criminalize us and they say they don't want to live in our democracy and the rule of law with a big fist. Well, the rule of law is not to where you take law and you turn it into authoritarianism, where you're, you're a, you, you, you rule by, more than authority, you rule with an iron fist. And when you control the rule of law, you make the laws to stay in power and manipulate. And well, look what's happening to Trump. I know. They're, I know. They're, but, you know, getting with, with what you're saying about uh, uh, there's two different standards here. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, if you look at what happened on January 6th, they called that an insurrection. Heck, we had $80 million invested in uh, January 6th committee hearings. Uh, and, right. I mean, it was an, an enormous amount of money invested in bringing all these experts in. And and uh, it was all a scam. It was all a, a, a fake and phony 
Uh, it was a performance. It was a performance. They, they call that an insurrection. But when you have crowds literally rampaging through the streets of New York without consequence, because the New York City police, for the most part, were told to stand down. Stand down. Do you know, out of all of this disruption, all of this turmoil over the weekend in New York, there were only six arrests. Now, believe me, there was much more than six people who should have been arrested. But the police only arrested six people. They probably will get slaps on the wrist if they get that at all. They may have already been released for all we know, those six people. Yeah. It's like they have a different standard for these people. Well, from the police point of view, uh, is it because they were given orders to let them go? Yes. Or, okay, they were? Well, I mean, because I mean, I think they were. I think they were told, uh, the report I heard was they didn't want to escalate the situation, so well, they were told to stand back. Well, you know. let me ask you this. Could the police have stopped it, quelled it, kept it down, or would it have escalated? In other words, did we have the force to control well, he, the he, force? He, here's the, the thing that I I was listening to a talk show this morning. They were talking about this subject, and, um, and I, I, I agreed with what they had to say. Uh, this was... This was an insurrection over the weekend, not just, by the way, in New York. They did this in London and other places. But you found you find now that uh, BLM has aligned themselves with Hamas. Of so, course they have. So the same actors who were on, on the streets in 2020, uh, they're covering their face up with uh, Palestinian uh, cloths, face, you know, scarves, and they're out there and they're racing. Heck, they're doing this. By the way, most of them cover their faces. They cover their faces. So they're, they're wearing a mask, and you're not supposed to see who they are or, or whether they're uh, uh, the same people who were rioting in the streets in 2020. You're not supposed to know that. But now, you know, you know but you, I just, all I want to say, Bill, was that um, what I heard is a remedy, and I think it would work. A lot of these people who are in the street who are students with uh, uh with student visas from mm -hmm. other countries. You know, they're here going to Columbia. They're going to NYU. Uh, they are from other places. They're guests in our country. Revoke their visa. Revoke their visa. And if they're here with family members who have visas, they go back to the whole family. If you're rioting in the streets and your family hasn't told you not to, you are not just jeopardizing or disavowed your, you, yeah. yeah in you, other words, you're not just jeopardizing your visa; you're jeopardizing your family's visas too. Back they go, and, and to equate that, oh, go ahead. No, I, uh, he, I thought that he also said, if you're not a student from another country, if you live here and you're a citizen and you're doing this, five years in prison. Now just, to equate just, that to the. I'm sorry, five years, and that will do it. Five years will do it, and uh, they will stop doing uh, this craziness, you know. But yeah. I'm sorry, Bill. You have something you wanted to add? No, nah, it's okay. It wasn't important. No, I anyway, want to hear no. it because I, I, you, got me, you got me curious. No, I was just going to say to equate that to the rule of law of, uh, of the, the family, too, involved, it's like if 
Somebody gets arrested for drunk driving. They take away their car. Obviously, they don't have a license. And you give the drunk your keys to go drive your car, and they get in a wreck again or something happens. You're just as liable. Exactly right. Exactly that, right. That was all I was trying to do is give the analogy no, of that, that there. Because that, is a, that is a good point. That is a very good point. But I think it would slow down these demonstrations because right now, they have no consequences. Uh, they they are given a pass, and and this guy in Washington, uh, it, he's a joke. He's a joke. He he doesn't comment about these things. He doesn't no. say this is wrong. It's got to stop. You know, during the twenty during the uh, the twenty twenty riots, mm. at least Trump was trying to stop it. He he offered to send troops to these different states, and these different states turned down the assistance. You know, Washington, Oregon, uh, Minnesota, they turned down the assistance of the federal government. So, uh, because because they were being run by Democrats, and Democrats didn't want to be saved by the Republican administration. You know? Uh, It it is... uh, this is a sorry state we're in right now. I don't know how this ends up uh, in a in a good place, to be honest with you, Bill. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, now, Venezuelans in Chicago. I heard of <laughs> This is kind of funny. It's funny you should and, mention and, this. And, 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 yeah, they're, they're, this is kind of funny because they're going to hell with it. We're going back to Venezuela, <laughs> so they're marching back to cross the border to go the other way. We're going, hooray! <laughs> now, the reason is, you know, they're saying... There's nothing here for us, but they're doing it before the winter sets in because yeah. they're not stupid. They <laughs> these, oh are not, these aren't stupid people. Well, okay, so, you know, God, if uh, you listen to my prayers, a cold, frigid winter, like back in the 70s that we had, you know? Yeah. When everyone said, oh, yeah, we're going to go back to the Ice Ages. Well, give them a blast of what the United States can do. You, you know, wanna, they might all say, "You want to make this? We're yeah. going back." <laughs> you want to? You want to think twice about staying in Chicago? Stick around for the winter. Stick around for February. You know, the windy city will get pretty darn cold. <laughs> well, you know, every state is having problem with uh, the uh, the immigrants, the migrants, and uh, you know, Massachusetts. They're 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 on their knees, bending knee. Now the government, a governor, going, "Hey." We're, we got to do something about this. Well, we should have never opened the floodgates, and the Democrats shouldn't have gone lock, stock, and barrel just to sit there and go, yeah, come on in. We're a land of immigrants. We're a land of, as you say, rules and laws and law and order, so you can't change it to fit your narrative. And then when it's screwed up, well, uh, oh, it's Trump's fault yeah. and those stupid Republicans because yeah. they let us do it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of... Uh, Silly mayors. Uh, this is a, just a little different. This is a, this this looks at the homeless situation. Uh, Democrat Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass says the city will master lease entire hotels so homeless encampments can be moved in together. So what she means is, okay, uh, let's say there's a, a hotel building. They, they don't just lease a few rooms. They go there and they lease the entire building. That means the people who are there 
legally. Have to get out. They have to move. Yeah, they got to go because the city has bought it. They'll give you some time, maybe a few hours, to pack up your stuff and leave. If not, they'll kick your stuff out the door or give it to the homeless. But here's the thing I thought was, I mean, this this is the stupidity of these people, these uh, woke leftists, they figured out that if, let's say there's a, a whole street of homeless people, well, don't break them up. They're all neighbors and friends. They've, be, they've, built, a com- they've built a community. So instead of just breaking them up and moving them around the city, no, no, they're going to take the entire neighborhood, the entire street together as a unit and move them into that hotel that you've master leased. By the way, a master lease is when they lease the entire building and kick everybody out. So they own, they literally have all the rooms for the city. By the way, uh, point of interest, uh, you uh, people in Los Angeles, you're paying for every dime of it. It's coming out of your budget. But that's neither here nor there. I don't live in Los Angeles. But they're going to take communities. Now, if you have... Neighbors who are addicted to all these different drugs and stuff like that, you're going to bring all that into the building. You know, well, they'll be warm when they're doing all this stuff. Yeah, and protected too. There, you know, there's a, and I'll go on, but there is a place in Alaska that the, the town is so cold and, and, and everything. There's actually a hotel, it's a big hotel where mm-hmm. I think uh, two to 400 people live in the hotel. And that's the residents of the entire community. They have stores. They've got everything in there, a police force in there. It is a community within a building, which is what they're doing there. But a master lease, let's clarify something there. Is that kind of like an eminent domain? A master lease? Well, I guess guess they go in and they just take it. I don't think there's a negotiation here. No, they said they use a... it's an eminent domain. That's a, I would think, yeah. I mean, they don't go in there and say, can we lease your building? So the next step is, well, this hotel, these hotels aren't enough. But, boy, there's a whole neighborhood over there. And, you know, they got three- and four-bedroom homes, and they got, oh wow, you know, two people living in it. Hey, uh, eminent domain, city's taking it over. Get the hell out of our house. Wow. That sounds like it could never happen. But nothing is past these people anymore. Nothing. No. No. And I mean, you know, the, the, the average right now to live in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. theoretically, theoretically, California, we'll just say California because they take everything and lump it. Right. You need to make about one hundred and fifty dollars to $180,000 a year to live, just to afford to live. Right. That's what you got to make there. Some areas it's down to sixty, but you know, like Delaware, it's uh, ninety-five thousand. But I'm sitting there going, "What are they going to do to the property values like that hotel?" I would not want to be the owner of the hotel because the master lease means oh he God. still kind of kind of owns it. So if something breaks, the city comes back to him going, "Your plumbing's not working." Well, why is it not working? Well, you know, they flushed a bunch of stuff they shouldn't flush down the toilets, but you own it, you fix it, or we're going to fine you. Well, you know, I you know, Bill, that le- I would think that you make a good point in that when all of this is over, and there's probably going to be a point when it will be over. It has to at some point. E- either they don't, either they end it at some point, or that building, if it had any value at all, 
will diminish so much so that uh, you know it, it won't be profitable anymore. I mean, I mean, it will be. Oh, they'll get the rent from the from the city, and they'll they'll be able to keep it going. But the value of the property will diminish so much, you know, that they won't be able to resell it. I mean, somebody yeah. will have to come in literally, and and tear it down at some point and build something else there. I would think, or you gut know, it. We've all wanted to live to our golden years and retire. You know, you have a you have a, a nice house. It could be a small house, a medium house, or a big house, whatever it is that you could afford. And that's where you're going to live out your years and go do what you want to do and enjoy your golden years. But I was reading an article over the weekend. I can't remember where it was. But basically what they're saying is, like, there are cities that don't really want older people anymore, you know, and they're making it unaffordable and uncomfortable for them. And there's a feeling now that anybody that, that's at retirement age mm -hmm. is a burden and a drag on the city. So in other words, they want rid of retirees and older people. So are they going to target the older people? Well, you know, they're 68 years old. Yeah, well, they got another 5, 10 years at yeah. the most. You know what? Go find a retirement home out of this state. Get out of what, here. What, 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 about, gonna... what about those who have Alzheimer's and dementia, who there's no coming back? Who what I'm saying is, is they're going to write off the old. But do you think they'll do that with the people with Alzheimer's and dementia too? Even like early onset. Some people get early onset in their 40s and 50s. Well, if they're not you know, mentally uh, cognitive, uh, are, are they going to yank the chain on them too probably because i think what they're going to do is they're going to sit there and write off the old and just say you know what and that means that when they when society writes them off and goes push them to the side we don't need them you know and they mm. take everything because they're not old yet but they'll worry about that when they get there well then these insurance companies are going well yeah you know what that's a good idea Let's 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 jettison our baggage, you know, because they cost us more than the younger people. Get rid of them. Wow, uh, scary. We're not times. living in a yeah, you know, the America. And if you're a Democrat, listen to that and go do a little research on it. You're going to find out that I'm not lying and making this stuff up. It's really going on, and it's being considered. And is that the utopia, the rule of law, that you? worked for so hard for you know you built you know then that means you just threw away your life working all those years to get to this point so you can be pushed off the edge that's why people are uh, supporting trump that's why they are i mean he has massive crowds they won't tell you he was in new hampshire i guess yesterday mm -hmm. and the crowds were like through the roof right. the, media, the media didn't cover it they, they never just do stood by stood by and let it happen because they don't want you to know how popular the guy is. In the meantime, you know, there's 30, 40,000 people at a venue uh, waiting to see uh, this guy, this hope. You know, that what they know, even a lot of people who voted against him are realizing mm. uh, they have buyer's remorse with this, uh, this, this guy Biden. And they're thinking, wait a second, I had a pretty good life. I only worked one job under Trump. Now I have three or four and I'm still not making it. Uh, but anyway, over the weekend, uh, Rona Romney McDaniel was on uh, state of the union with uh, Dana oh, Bash. Boy. She's a, yeah. she's, 
Again, a bash. What a leftist. What a woke leftist. But she's on with um, Runner Romney McDaniel. And uh, they, well, I'll let the, the interview speaks for itself. It's only a couple minutes long. Listen. I think we're going to have to talk okay. about this. Uh, former President Trump, who is the far and away front runner, uh, said in a what was supposed to be a Veterans Day message, quote, in honor of our great veterans on Veterans Day, we pledge to you that we will root out the communist, Marxist, fascist and radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. And then he went on. I mean, vermin in a Veterans Day message. How is that different from the now infamous deplorables comment that Hillary Clinton made. I'm not going to talk about candidates that are in a contested primary. That's you can talk but to you him can about what he's saying. You can talk to him about what he's saying. I, I haven't seen the whole speech, but oh, what I will a, say is, post on social media. you know, obviously we support our veterans, and we're in a primary right now, and the RNC is doing our best to make sure we're getting um, our candidates' visibility as we are taking on Biden. And this is what I hear every day, Dana. People can't afford groceries. They can't afford to fill their car up with gas. They think this country is on the wrong track. They want to see our party fight for them, and they want to see us win in November. If those are the issues, if you end up having Donald Trump as your nominee, and if he is convicted of a crime, do you believe that he would be the appropriate nominee for the Republican Party? Whoever the voters choose is the appropriate nominee. Even if, even if he's a convicted criminal? I know this is newsworthy, but as party chair, I'm going to support who the voters choose. And yes, if they choose Donald Trump, the voters are looking at this and they think there is a two-tiered system of justice. They don't believe a lot of the things that are coming out in this, and they're making these decisions, and you're seeing that reflected in the polls. Before we go, uh, there's another presidential debate coming yes. up. Given where we are with Donald Trump, again, far and ahead in every single poll in every single state, do you still see value in presidential debates with the candidates who make the stage? I do. And I actually think some of the things we've done with this debate process have been very instrumental. We started with 14 candidates. In 2015, going into Iowa, there were still two, two stages. There were still 10 candidates in that race. We're now down to five on the debate stage with stricter polling criteria and small dollar uh, donor limits. I think that's been good. It's also helping us engage our volunteers. We've signed up 30,000 through these debates. So will you have debates, commit to debates through the first two nominating contests, Iowa? New we're taking debate at a time and we're gonna keep, continue to evaluate. Ronna McDaniel, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So wait a second. Trump calls these people vermin, right, which they are. And she tries to compare it to Hillary Clinton's a racist, sexist, homophobe, you know, the whatever she, that whole litany of things that she threw at average everyday people, you know. Well, they're comparing Trump's speech, and I'm going to elaborate on his speech. They're comparing. Comparing it to something Hitler did. They like to do the Hitler, Hitler, oh, they Hitler, love, Hitler thing. They love bringing but Hitler in. Let's, yeah. let, since we're going to talk about Trump's speech. Now, by the way, Joe Biden gave a standard stock, well-written. He didn't write it because he was reading it. Thing, it was the standard one that you always hear honoring the veterans. Now, he didn't honor the history of going back to, you know, Armistice Day and uh, back to World War One or anything like that because you have to you either know it or you had to look it up, mm -hmm. which he didn't do. But in Trump's defense, his speech was Happy Veterans Day. Now, he added, there, there is no greater act of, of selfless service than defending America's God-given freedoms and liberty. 
Now, he also, uh, now he did this in a post. Yeah. He also uh, shared a graphic that featured a quote from Trump saying, uh, the nation's veterans will never stop fighting for the Americans we cherish and that the full measure of your sacrifice and your family's dedication and support of your service may not be fully understood and appreciated, but it will never be forgotten. So... Oh, his but speech see, came. But see, that's how they do it on the left. They cherry pick a little, a piece of something, a piece. That to me, that's not bad. That is oh, no, good what, because what, what Trump said was was wonderful. It was wonderful and appropriate. What she tried to imply was that he didn't say what you just said. Well, no, he did go on to say. You know, in honor of uh, our great veterans on Veterans Day, we pledge to you, see, now she didn't say this, that we will root out the communist, Marxist, fascist, and radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country, lie, steal, and cheat on elections, and will do anything possible, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and the American dream. So that is what he did say, but before that, he prefaced that with a very nice from-the-heart thing, and basically what he's saying is if you're an American, you don't like what's going on, we're going to get that fixed for you. Yeah, I would submit that most veterans would agree 100% with what he just said because they feel like there's a lot of these vermin out there who are trying to destroy what they sacrificed themselves for. You know, and if you got a problem with that last part that I just read, then you know, since you want to sit there and say the left or the right is Marx or uh, uh, you know communist and whatever else you want to call us, well, if you got a problem with that, it probably means that uh, you are vermin or a Marxist or a fascist. Yeah, you're the radical left. So yeah. It hit a nerve, didn't it? I don't know why I have. I don't usually have cuts from Dana Bash, but uh, I did get a couple of cuts. She had Benjamin Netanyahu. He is the prime minister of Israel. Mm -hmm. He's a a little busy right now uh, doing a war day to day, trying to rescue his country. And I want you to hear this interview with Dana Bash and Benjamin Netanyahu. Just want to be clear, are you saying that Israel would not accept giving control of Gaza over to the Palestinian Authority after the war? First, the first thing we have to do is uh, destroy Hamas because otherwise they'll do it again and again and again, and they've said so. So we'll destroy Hamas. The second thing we have to understand is that there has to be an overriding and overreaching Israeli military envelope because we've seen any place that we leave, uh, we just, you know, exit, give it to some other force. Very soon, terrorism resurges, so we've achieved nothing. The third thing we have to understand is that a civilian authority has to cooperate in two goals. One is to demilitarize Gaza, and the second is to de-radicalize Gaza. And I have to say that the Palestinian Authority has, uh, unfortunately, failed on both counts. Uh, They don't demilitarize uh, the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. We have to do it. We have to go in and fight the terrorists. They don't de-radicalize. They teach our children the hatred of Israel. They do pay for slay. They pay for terrorist murderers and their families. The more Jews they kill, the more they pay. Uh, they uh, they uh, uh, refuse to this day, 36 days after this savagery, to uh, uh, condemn 
what Hamas did on November 7th. Sorry? If not the PA, well, there has to be a there has to be a reconstructed civilian authority. There has to be something else. Otherwise, we're just falling into that same uh, rabbit hole, and we're going to have the same result. Remember, the PA was already in Gaza when Israel left Gaza. It handed the keys over to the PA, and what happened within a very short time? Hamas took over, kicked them out. They weren't willing to fight Hamas. They're still not willing to fight Hamas. So you have to have some kind of authority, civilian. A Palestinian authority that is willing to fight the terrorists and educating and importantly must educate their children for a future of peace, peace, cooperation, prosperity, cooperation with Israel, yeah. not the annihilation of Israel. And so far that hasn't happened. The burden of proof is on the PA and they failed every single count. I say that regrettably, but honestly, we have to be realistic about what we expect. We can't fall back on formulas that failed. We have to succeed, to succeed, to give Gaza a better future. Let's not bring it to a failed past. Right. Let's create a different reality there. Prime Minister Netanyahu, before I let you go, I, uh, I know you've been asked this several times, but I have had multiple people inside Israel reach out to me knowing that I was gonna interview you and say the one thing they wanna hear from you is that you take personal responsibility for failing to prevent the October 7th attacks and protecting your people. I know you say the time for that will come after the war. Why won't you take responsibility now? I've already addressed that many times. And I said this whole question will be addressed after the war. Just as people would ask, well, did people ask Franklin Roosevelt after Pearl Harbor that question? Did people ask George Bush after the surprise attack of November 11th? Look, it's a question that needs to be asked. I think and those these questions, questions will were be asked. asked. And I've said, and I've said, I've said that one, one thing that is important is, and I've said, we're going to answer all these questions, including me. I'm going to be asked tough questions. Right now, I think what we have to do is unite the country for one purpose, one purpose alone, and that is to achieve victory. That's what I did. We formed a unity government. Uh, where the country is united as never before. And I think that's what we have to pursue. And what the people expect me to do right now is two things. One, achieve this victory and bring the hostages back. And second, assure that Gaza never becomes And two Israelis who are disappointed that you still won't take responsibility, you say? Well, I said that I'm going to answer all the questions that are required, including the questions of responsibility. There'll be enough time for that after the war. Let's focus on victory. That's my responsibility now. I think he handled it very well. She's an idiot. Uh, the, you know, for all my friends in Israel who knew I was going to interview you, that is a, a crock. She probably just got that interview like the day before. Oh, she probably has no friends in Israel. Oh, I, I, I know a Jewish person yeah. somewhere. So, yeah, my friends. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know yeah. what? Stick it up here. And, and you know, the thing is, for and, and so for the people who will be disappointed that you won't take responsibility, hey, he's not saying he's responsible. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but he's not going to say to you, Dana, oh, well, I'm glad I came on this interview program, so I'm going to tell everybody it's my fault that we're doing this. First of all, the only fault that there is is the people, is the group of people who decided it was a smart move to go into Israel and to butcher all of those innocent people. That was pretty dumb, and it's it's their fault. No ifs, ands, mm-hmm. or buts about it. I mean, uh, by the way, PA is the Palestinian Authority, in case you were trying to figure out what the, what the PA this, the PA that. 
That's the Palestinian Authority, who I guess they won and handed over the authority to Hamas for, for like over 15 years, Hamas has ruled Gaza. And what amazes me is they have this beautiful piece of land right on the, on the shore, uh, right on the ocean, right on the sea, and they've done nothing with it. It's not a tourist location. It's not a destination. It could be, it could be a show place. They could make tons of money and make it a place that people want to visit. Instead, they've just concentrated on building their rebel army to, so they can attack and kill Jews. And well, go back to Dennis Prager. That's that's how they've been raised. It's what they taught. Yep. I don't even think you have to teach it to them anymore. It's in their DNA. Kill Jews. And unfortunately, um, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to say unfortunately. I don't think that that is in the Jewish DNA. They 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 were trying to abide and live in peace, but you well, know, they, it's they, never happened for the it's Jewish It's like people. Prager said, going back to what Prager said, I know this sounds like we're... Uh, doing a test and repeating the answer. Prager said uh, two things. If if you put, if the Israelis put the weapons down and uh, the Hamas put their weapons down, if the Israelis put their weapons down, there will be peace. But Hamas, if they don't put their weapons down and Israel, Israel puts their weapons down, they will go in and butcher and kill the Jews. I mean, if, do you know what I'm saying? Maybe I didn't, I didn't make that clear like uh, Dennis did, but if you have two, they both put their weapons down. Mm-hmm. The Jews won't attack Hamas, but if the if the Jews put their weapons down, Hamas will attack the Jews. You could never let your guard up if you're Jewish. Is basically what you're trying to say because Hamas has always wanted to eliminate you and kill you. Uh, the other is not true, but at some point in time, enough is enough, and you know, Bill, there's no way to change that. I think in our country, what we're seeing also is the lack of of education in our higher institutions with regard to things like World War II and the Holocaust. Uh, I don't believe that they're teaching these things to the kids because. They don't. They couldn't possibly be be chanting what they're chanting, and doing what they're doing, if they honestly saw what uh, a segment of our world society did to the Jews in World War II. How they how they herded them all together, and how they butchered them from babies to old people. I mean, there's no other there's no other way of of looking at what happened. In 1939 to 1945, it was where the the world went nuts. The world went nuts. And by the way, the good people in the world, like people in this country, initially, they turned their back and pretended it didn't happen. They didn't want to admit that the Germans were doing this to a segment of their society. Mm -hmm. It took them a while for people over here to realize, wait a second, they really are doing this. They really but the are. left, the left is trying to turn that narrative around to paint it on MAGA and Trump, and you know, that's not the case. You know, not at all. You know, yeah. it, it, this rule of law thing, 
you know, yeah, we are a nation of laws, and we do abide by the rule of law, but I think it's been manipulated and controlled and taken out of hand and out of context. So it's one side that goes, yeah, we control the rule of law, and you know what? If we don't like what you're doing, we can change the laws to make sure that you never confront us again. You make a very good point. The left is trying to make the MAGA people to be the problem. They're trying to make us to be the the, the radical right. Uh, even this clown in the White House has decided it's beneficial to him to attack us. The, the Probably the most patriotic segment of our society, the people who stand by the Constitution, are the people on the right. They're the ones who believe in the flag. They're the ones who believe in the amendments of the Constitution. They're the ones who believe in law and order. The, mm-hmm. the ones on the left, the Bidens of the world, they believe everything goes. No border? Don't worry about it. Uh, just come on in. Have a good time. If you can believe a Democrat or you think you want to believe a Democrat, ask Kevin McCarthy. He knows all too well. This vote to yeah. vacate thing, you know, he actually, you know, before he kind of went along with everything yep. on that, it was the Democrats. It was Nancy that said, don't have to worry about that. That'll never, never, ever happen. She did. What happened? That's right. She did say that to him, folks. She did say to Kevin, she oh, set the don't worry up. about it. It'll never happen. She set him up because yeah. she knew, well, we're not going to win this. Let's do what we can to sabotage it. And if you're a lefty, you're going, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> we know what you did. We know what you did. And you think you're going to get away with it again? Not if it's me having anything to say about what you just admitted you did. Well, now the woke. And everybody the, else has to do that. The, you know, we got to hold them. We have to hold them accountable. The woke left is starting to get a little antsy. Uh, Jen Psaki over the weekend. Oh yeah, I, she was. I got she was that pulled up. She was talking about. Oh well, the, they're talking about uh, coming after uh, the 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 people on the left. You know, uh, they're talking about uh, bringing people to justice. Well, uh, if you did something wrong, uh, you have something to worry about. You know, Hillary is really upset. Have you seen Hillary speak recently? She's kind of talking. Well, uh, Trump, if he gets in. Uh, He's going to maybe come after people and uh, use the office to lock people up. Well, maybe he should have done that in the first term there, Hillary. If the shoe fits, wear it. There are people that believe that Trump is letting this happen to let all the, as they say, the poop float. uh, So you can see, you know, what's really there. You Mm. know, Trump said, you know, Trump said five words that are kind of interesting, kind of important. I'm being indicted for you. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, okay, because he is being indicted, and he faces, uh, well, uh, 750 years of imprisonment. Yeah. Now, why would they do that? And everything that he's being indicted for, they're trying to – he's not guilty of anything, folks. So an indictment means it's an accusation, and even the accusations have no base – but they do control the courts and the law. Look at Angeron and what he's doing. And, well, I've already made a determination. Well, then you shouldn't be the judge. Period. You That's why Dana Bash judge. asked uh, Ronan Romney McDaniel, 
Will you still support him if he's indicted and if he uh, is found guilty and goes to jail? And she said, yes, if the people want him, we'll support him. That wasn't the answer that Dana Bash was hoping for. You know, because, by the way, friends, there are people in the media who should be concerned. If you were blatantly and knowingly lying to uh, to carry out a certain predetermined narrative, then isn't that a form of treason? I mean, Joseph Goebbels was the propagandist of the Nazi party. He probably never held a gun in his life. Yet, uh, was he not as guilty as Heinrich Himmler or, or mm-hmm. some of the other people who were uh, actively and physically, you know, killing the, uh, the, the, the people? I think he was maybe in some ways even more responsible for the success of uh, the Nazi party. Well, it gets down to education. Let me ask you this question. The average age of a reporter today is what? Uh, I would imagine right now it's probably around 26, maybe. So 26 to 35, they're a product of the schools of maybe the late 80s and 90s? Yeah, that's true. What, What was going on? Uh, the late eighties and nineties, uh, well, liberal education. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and indoctrination, and, and it's still going on. No, it's still going yeah. on too. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they believe. They, they don't know the history that we're preaching and they talking about. They were not teaching history. They were not teaching history. I can tell you, I have, I have uh, young people who are now young adults in my family, and the whatever history that they have learned, they have learned on their own. They didn't really learn it in school. Right. Uh, they don't really so, teach American history, uh, right. you know, Revolutionary yeah. War, Civil War. That stuff isn't really talked about. Unless you're 50 or above, you don't get it. Hence my comment earlier, you know, some of these people are going, let's just get rid of the old people because they're, we are the dinosaurs. We're the last link to all the knowledge of where we came from. Once we're gone and everything's destroyed, guess what? Do you remember this? There was a lot of talk about a year ago about the, was it the sixteen nineteen project, where mm-hmm. they were literally, they were literally changing the story of the founding of the country. They were changing the reasons why people were coming to this country. They were changing about who did certain things to get the country going. They were changing the facts, and the left was going. Well, it's about time. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, No, no, it's not factual. If you're under 50, you actually believed, or you actually believe, that slavery was a product of the right and conservative, yep. uh, of the conservative right. Yep. Well, you know what? Uh, slavery was actually around before the Republican Party, and uh, it, uh, it yeah. stemmed from Democrats. Absolutely, so, absolutely correct. But the young people don't have a clue. They don't have the knowledge, and if they, if they can, if the people that want to change everything change that bit of history and they indoctrinate them, well, you know, and, and a lot of young people, and I get it, they they want this. Hey, man, you know, like you know, we can live in a society where there is no money, and like you know, oh, you don't man. have to work, man. You know, and you can live wherever you want. You get know, rid of the, and get and, rid of those those radical. Rightest, uh, those uh, nah, those wacko mega people. We're just going to love one another, and we're going to have everything we want because yes, you're right. We have it on the planet, and we have the ability. 
But here's the problem. You know, the world is infested with a disease. It's called mankind. And you can't trust mankind or all of it because it becomes greedy. And it sits there and it wants to rule, change, and control. So mankind is the problem. And just well, take you know, a look in the mirror and see what's going on. Let's look at uh, Russia back in the 40s and the 50s, okay? When they had Joseph Stalin as the head of the Communist Party. Communism, if you look at it from a surface level, everybody's equal. Everybody gets a piece of the pie. Everybody lives in a socialist society where uh, everybody is equal. But that's that's never the case. If you look at history, and th and that would require you to actually get a book and cracking the book, looking at a, a book and reading. Young people today, if it's not on their iPhone or their iPad, eh, they're not interested. But Stalin had the ultimate power in Russia. He was the boss. And then he had a whole uh, group of people who were like his royalty, who were below him in the Communist Party. Yes, they were all equal except... Those people got Mercedes, nice houses, more money for food, traveled sometimes to other places around the world because they were trusted, okay? So it really wasn't all equal. And that's the problem with this idyllic philosophy that they have. They think that well, we'll all be the same. No. As long as there are people running the situation, there will be greed, and if, and if people are, have an opportunity to fill their pockets and live better than you, they will do it. So well, we're, it, it's, not a, it's, it's a false and, and it's a phony yeah. hope on their part. Look, life is going full circle, and it's circling back around to where kings, queens, and peasants. And you, my friend, are like me. We're a freaking peasant. Yep. We work for the king, we work for the queen, and we are their royal subjects. It is the elite, the oligarch, the rich that control everything, and right now they're pulling the strings because they see that we as a society, we've gotten too cocky and we've grown too big and out of control to where they're not going to be able to control us. So yeah. they got to they got to rein us in. And they're doing everything they can. And boy, you're starting to see all this, all this nonsense boil over. You know, I, I may have mentioned this on the Saturday program. Uh, in Rome, this pope uh, that we have in the Catholic Church, uh, Francis, he's decided that it's okay that transgenders can uh, witness baptisms and can be baptized. By the way, you may say, well, what's the problem with that? Well, it goes against 2,000 years of theology. That's what the problem is. It goes mm. completely against what we've been taught for literally generations. The Bible said, you know, a certain thing, and that was it. And, you know, we were taught, and I say we because I'm Catholic, we were taught that there was no middle ground. This is how it is, and this is how you have to believe. This guy comes along in Rome. Now, you have to understand something. This guy wasn't put into the position of Pope the normal way. Usually a Pope gets sick and dies, and then they have the cardinals to get together in a room. He's appointed. And they appoint it, right. This was different. This was uh, Benedict, no, 
uh, he's too much of a conservative. He's he's slowing everything down. We got to get rid of him. Uh, let's uh, let's make him Pope Emeritus. Yeah, we'll move him into a, another nice little castle somewhere, and uh, and he will not be the acting pope anymore. We'll get a new pope while this pope is still alive. That's what happened. So we have a guy now who literally uh, is a socialist Jesuit from Argentina who was, a they say, a troublemaker even down there. They brought him in and made him the pope, and he has no problem changing the, the rules of the game. Uh, and that, that it's damaging... The religion, because there are a lot of people out there who have followed it religiously, literally, for decades, and now they don't know what's going on. They, well, they, Christianity and uh, the belief of God goes way, way, way back. It is, it, it's from the beginning. 2,000 and, years. Yeah, it, and so any other thing that they talk about is is after the fact. So you, you look at that. But you know, I you know, you spell God with three letters. I I think you know the singularity happens in two years, and uh, you know, kids like you say, the younger you generation. Think you, you think is, that's going to happen, Bill? Singularity? Yeah, I do because I mean, right now, uh, we played with the uh, the internet over the weekend on something, but it goes it it's based on certain factual stuff, but it's all computer bits of information that has to be entered somehow by man. Should we and, explain to the audience what singularity is? So, yeah, go ahead. No, singularity is when uh, computers no longer have to get input from man, when computers actually are thinking faster than and better than and without the need of the help of man. Computers start to think for themselves, start to make decisions for themselves, and man can only hope that they are making the right decisions because, you know, computers, as long as there's a network out there, they have access to other computers in other places at other times. You know, I mean, little things, even even things like, well, we got to get rid of, we talked about euthanasia for older people. If, com mm -hmm. if computers get into the, the, uh, the systems of hospitals, can they affect things like operations and things like that? I mean, I'm just saying. Well... You, a lot of things can happen when they're they're thinking for themselves. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've written articles for something else that I've used AI because, you know, people might go, well, you know, you got a pretty clever mind. Yeah, I do. But I wasn't the greatest kid in school. So when I sit there and what I think and put down on paper are two different things. Mm -hmm. So AI is a great thing for me to where I can sit there and take my thoughts, gather them, and write a pretty nice five-page article in 30 seconds. Um, that's the, that's the problem though, Bill. The problem is AI and a lot of things that computers do for us are so, um, make life so much easier. It's so much more fun to have the article thrown together in 60 seconds or less by your computer than to sit for a whole day putting the words together properly. And you know, yeah. like, uh, you know that the writer's strike they just had in Los Angeles, one of the big obstacles uh, for a settlement was AI because studios are saying, hey, we don't really need all these writers on staff if we can have our computers crank out uh, programs, uh, you know, in 60 seconds or less and even update them. Oh, I want to add a character. Uh, go back to the computer and add two more characters and uh, change the locale 
or say you want the you want the ending to be more violent. Okay, tell a computer it'll come up with a more violent ending. That's the kind of thing that's happening right now. And the writers out in L.A. they're getting they they're getting a little nervous about their jobs and the stability of well, their jobs. Well, AI can do a lot. You know, I I wrote a story I gave to you. We're not going to talk about it or the premise of it or anything like that. But I took my idea and my scribblings, I broke it, broke it down into four parts and flushed them out. And then I said, well, let's put some creativity into it. And it spit it back. And I was going, wow, well, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. But it, it came out, you know, pretty beautiful. But there was one question that I did ask it. And the answer in it was kind of interesting. So... You know, AI is not, um, but the difference is, the difference is singularity. Mm-hmm. We're getting back don't to singularity. They don't need you for your input for the story. They will just create right. a story. Exactly. Now, you know, some people sit there and say, well, you know, like uh, we've talked about it before too, mm-hmm. you know, where people sit there and they say, well, you know, I want to be downloaded my, my brain and my essence like Stephen Hawking, you know, would have, uh, the people said it would have been great if we could have downloaded him into a computer. All right. But he wouldn't be in that computer with a body that worked and living his life. Like in the background, you see the beach and everything like that. No, what would be is a copy of his memory in there. But let me tell you something, friends, that when you die, you cease to exist. So, Go back to Christianity. You're, you want to have your, without trying to sound, you know, uh, like we go. Well, you into, have to, yeah. Well, your soul, your yeah. soul doesn't go into a computer somewhere. If you transfer all of your knowledge into that computer, your soul is what you really are. At least that's how I feel, and a lot of other people feel that your soul is the, the true essence of you. And that right. doesn't get transferred into a computer. It can't. Yeah, so, it can't. Uh, uh, but there are people, by the way, Bill, who believe it does. There are people no, who, you, who no. think you can do it. I know. No. So you know what? If you don't believe in God, you don't believe in the hereafter, then guess what? It's not an AI. That's number one. And number two, you better live your life and, and enjoy it here because this is the only life as you know it that we you've got, and that's it. It's done. It's over with. One more thing before we wrap this up. I wanted to uh, play this uh, segment here. Uh, right. We have one less candidate in the elections oh, nowadays. Yes. Listen. Let me start by asking, how are you feeling? Dallas won this afternoon, so my, I, I, I guess you're feeling a little <laughs> bit better, but how are you feeling, and when are you going to get back on the campaign trail? Well, Trey, anytime Dak Prescott has five touchdowns, uh, you feel better about everything. Uh, I, I've been drinking a lot of water. I'll be down for another couple of days, but I'm looking forward to getting back on the campaign trail. Without any question, Trey, one of the things I would recommend to every single American, I know it's not possible, by the way, if you ever want to love your country more, run for president. Traveling this country, meeting people has been one of the most fantastic experiences of my entire life. I love America. 
America more today than I did on May 22nd. But when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential uh, candidate. I am suspending my campaign. I, I think the voters uh, who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me uh, not now, Tim. I don't think they're saying, Trey, no, but I do think they're saying not now. And so I'm going to respect the voters and I'm going to hold on and keep working really hard and uh, look forward to another opportunity. You know, he didn't talk about endorsing anybody, but I have a feeling he's going to endorse Trump, I think. He's going to go back to Iowa. Why would you go back to Iowa if you're not running anymore unless you're going to go back there and throw your support to somebody? I, I don't see him throwing it to Ron DeSantis. I think Tim Scott realizes that uh, the future for him lies with a guy who probably can win this time around, you know? Well, you know, even Ronna McDaniel, and we put her down, and I'm not a fan of hers at all, but even she, you know, said if that's what the people want Trump, you know, then that's our candidate. And I think the writing is on the wall, you know, for the Republican Party. This is what we want, and a lot of conservatives or moderate people want Trump. And the left needs to pay attention to that because they're going to, well, then we'll just indict the SOB and we'll lock them away. And there you go. We win. <laughs> but it's not going to no, work. You may not. It's not going to work. But I also think, by the way, that uh, the pressure is going to be on Congress now to start speaking out against all of these ridiculous indictments. They've kind of kept their mouths shut. Yeah. And you know what? Now, they, they I, I had something here. You know, they want to now, uh, they want to now, uh, take uh, Kamala's salary and drop it to a buck, which I think, you know, uh, yeah, I agree. It, it, she's not worth a, a dime, actually, uh, just like Buttigieg. But you know what? Let's get away from this child, childish democratic procedures yeah. and get on with the business at hand um, because, you're not, A, they're not, their salary's not going to be dropped to a buck. You know that. It's just a symbolic thing. Yep. And I'm tired of symbolisms. I want action. I agree. And, I agree. But, uh, yeah, you know, hundred percent. You know, they, they they are spending too much time doing these nonsensical things. That uh, they're statements, but they're not substantive. You know, roll some boulders over. All right, make an avalanche happen. Let's make a red avalanche happen. You can do it because if you yeah. don't, you're not going to have the Congress very much longer and there's signs that weekly but the democrats could hold on to the senate that's not good either we need to unify get organized and do what we have to do the democrats i will applaud this even if i don't agree with what they're doing lockstep they're doing everything that they got to do even if it's illegal Anyway, friends, uh, can you believe another show? This one has flown by, flown by. It's been a lot of fun, today's program. A lot of things to talk about. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about tomorrow, too. Uh, we'll be announcing a few things, I think, this week, which will be uh, interesting. We found something out really interesting over the weekend, Bill and I did. Oh, uh, whether you want to believe this or not, folks, uh, we found out from uh, what I think is a fairly reliable source that worldwide on a daily basis we touch 30 million people with this program well actually yeah it's 30 million i was, i know that there was a large number you know now yours is alexa mine's ziggy i i wanted a different name but uh, yeah anyway. i know but it, the thing is, i i think that we 
I think we can reach 30 million people. If you look at the, the map of the countries that we broadcast into on a daily basis, Russia and Argentina and Japan and the Ukraine and England and France and Germany, all these different places. And what we, we have to understand is sometimes when you broadcast uh, into these places, sometimes they download them into the streaming systems. Mm-hmm. That's where we're getting most of our listeners, I think. I think most of our listeners are people who are listening on the iHeartRadios, the Odysseys, things like that, Apple. Uh, I get emails all the time from people that I haven't heard from in a while, and they sit there and they go, hey, great show. And I'm sitting there going, where, where are you? And then I look, and I'm going, well, I don't have the analytic on it, but I'm sitting there going, I have an email on it. And I'm sitting there going, well, that's that's great. So we don't get notification that hey you know billy ray bob from you know fargo north dakota is uh, listening today billy ray bob is not a real person by the way but either way uh you know we don't get a a notification (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know we we grew up in uh i don't want to say different towns (laughs) together i know yes different towns we didn't know each other but we were psychically connected (laughs) because we wore a foil hat together yes hey uh if you want to call us our number is 833-538-7868 Mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com. We got a lot of different ways to get in touch with us. Hey, listen, um, every show has an ending, but none have an ending like we have. Our ending is, it's known worldwide now, Bill. Maybe 30 million people are tuning in to hear you say, Hasta la vista, baby! We are out of here! The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?